First Thessalonians chapter five and verse number 23. When you have it, say I have it. We are, we are way into this series on um, flood my soul. And what we're doing is I'm going to kind of give you some more insight today. Um, and, and I'm going to ask, we we're going to finish today. I'm going to ask that we can finish next week. Can we finish next week? Um, I, 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 I got to get you some more stuff in here and then we'll close it out next week. But I want to deal with overcoming a fluctuating soul. Write that down in your notes. Overcoming a fluctuating soul. Write that down. Fluctuating is spelled F-L-C-T-U-G-M-I-N-G. Come on here. <laughs> overcoming a fluctuating soul. First Thessalonians chapter 5. In verse number 23, this message, I was talking to Pastor London about it, we've been talking about it for some time. I believe this is the message. This is one of the most elite, or one of the, if you have to pick top five messages believers should have, this would be around one or two. I really believe that because once we are born again, um, if our soul is not renewed, if our mind is not renewed, we'll never fulfill and walk in the totality of what God died for us to have. And, and I think that's important that we don't just live here waiting to go to heaven, but that we enjoy this life right here. And that life is not just talking about material things, not just talking about cars and houses and clothes and shoes, but I mean, I'm talking about free from depression and and, and free from lack. I'm talking about knowing your purpose. I'm talking about relational success. I'm talking about having some, some say-so with your money. How many of y'all want to have some say-so with your money? Come on, raise your hand. Don't be, you know, because I, I, I was in a place a long time ago where I didn't have any say-so with my money. My money told me what it had to do when it came in. And most of the time when I got my check, it was already spent. And I got tired of living like that. Come on, say Amen. Yeah, and, and, and so these are all parts of this life that God wants us to enjoy. So in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, underline that, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Now go to 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Flip over there real quick. There's a little John in the back of your Bible. And we'll read that one out loud together. 3 John 2. Hallelujah. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Can I get a thank you, Jesus? Thank you, How about a praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Yeah. 3 John 2, let's read it together. Is it on the screen? Let's get it up. Ready? Read. Beloved, I wish above. Wait, 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 wait. Put, put on your best Sunday. I may not have to go to work tomorrow, voice. It's holiday weekend. Come on, ready? Read. Beloved, I wish above all things. Even as, even as, just as, equal with my soul. Prospering. We told you in the first part of the series that um, spirit, soul, body, you are a spirit. You don't have one. You are a spirit. And you possess a soul. Um, that soul makes up your mind, your will, your emotion, your thinker, your feeler, your chooser, your personality. 
uh, um, who you are all resides and comes out of your soul. And then you live in a body. Your body is simply your house. The Bible talks about when this house ceases to exist, then you have to go somewhere else. Because the only way you can reside here in the earth realm is that you have a body. You have a house that, that covers, that your spirit lives in. And sometimes spirit and soul um, are used interchangeably just by way of definition. But if you study them out, they are not the same. Understand that. Your spirit is how you relate to God. Your spirit is how you relate to God. It's who you are. Your soul is how you understand who you are and how you relate to others. That's one of the reasons we have such relational issues is because we have soul issues. It is not that we just don't like getting along or we're just mean or we just nasty. I love the revelation the Lord gave me. People don't agree with it, but I, I, I believe it. People are not messy. People are not messy. People are unlearned. People have different historic creations that have caused them to live out and act a certain way. And because we don't understand each other, we just label people. And everybody got somebody in life, you call them messy or you know them as messy. I don't deal with her because she's messy. I don't fool with them because they're messy. No, they're unlearned. If we get to, to know one another a little bit better, we can help with their issues that they never got resolved in their historic creation. That's why this soul teaching is so important. Because if there's anything that's going to keep you from closing the gap between how you're currently living and how you really desire to live. Because let's be honest, some of us, there is a difference. I'm not talking about you living in a place of failure. I'm not saying that. But there are some things that we're all believing God for that we're wanting to manifest in our life. And if you be true, some of us have been praying for some things for a whole lot of years, a long time we've been waiting. And I believe God is not playing game with us. He's not playing hide and seek. He's not seeing how long we can beg. As a matter of fact, you ain't got to beg God. My children, my natural children don't have to beg me for anything. I want to give them good things. I want to see them happy and see them smile. Come on, say amen. And and, and, and so the, the, the thing that will, will hinder you from closing that gap on how you're living and how you desire to live would be your soul. It would be your soul. So the question is, how healthy is your soul? Write that down. How healthy is your soul? Whenever you're living apart from God's plan, and we talked about it, get the first part of the series. Go back and listen and, and, and go through that. We, we laid it out real clear, God's plan for us. What he's already provided for us. What he's already laid out for us. Jeremiah 29 says, I have it all planned out. I know what I'm doing, plans to prosper you, to give you the future that you desire. And if we find ourselves living apart from that future that God has already laid out for us to have, we have to trace it back to our soul. It is There is a soul, not a spirit problem, because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new species of beings. He's brand new. Your spirit is heaven ready. It's brand new. It looks just like God. If you can crack open your chest and take a look at your spirit, it would look just like God. It would look just like God. You were made in the image and likeness of God and when you were born again you went right back to that full image in your spirit but your soul was not a part of that born again experience that's why you can be saved and love the Lord and serve in church but still cuss like a sailor or you still desire to 
fornicate or want to fornicate or you still lie, you still cheat, you still steal, you're still depressed, you still go through in your mind and in your body because your soul needs to be renewed by the word of God. That is why I don't understand a church that don't teach the word of God. I don't understand a believer that don't read the word and study the word and apply the word. What are you really doing? What are you expecting to happen in your life? We live by the word of God. My daily life is submitting to the word so God can make me better. So I can look more like him. Not just my spirit, but because you don't see my spirit. You see me at the jewel and you need to see Jesus in me and not old ugly Reggie because sometimes Reggie can be ugly. Action neighbor said, can you be ugly sometimes? Action, can you be? Now answer for him. Say, yeah, you can. Tell him, say, yeah, you can. Tell him, I've seen you before. You can. Because we're all working toward, come on here, perfection. He, he, he's going to perfect everything that concerns us, but this soul is what moves us into that perfection. Say amen to that. Now go to John chapter 10. We've been here in a minute. I want to read it still. John 10 verse 10. Because God has made it very clear of how he wishes for us to live. He said in 3 John 2, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health. Even as our soul prospers. John 10 says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Steal, kill and destroy. But I came that they may have. I'm reading from the um, Amplified, have and enjoy. Say, have and enjoy. Come on, say it loud. Have and enjoy. enjoy. Life. And if you would really look at your life in totality, look through your life, look through the corridors of your life, the layers of your life, and jot down on a piece of paper, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the greatest, how much are you really enjoying your life? And we did this survey among believers, and most are coming in around a 3 or a 4. So we got the name, we got the blood, we're jumping around, we're singing, we had Bible study, we had prayer meetings, we're going all the stuff we're supposed to do, but we're not enjoying this life. He didn't come that you may enjoy church because you are the church. He came so you can enjoy life. And have it in abundance of the full till it overflows. Even 1 Timothy 6, jot this down, verse 17, in the latter part says, But in the living God, we trust in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So if you don't renew your mind, renew your soul, if you don't unclog your soul, you will not find enjoyment or fulfillment in life. The health of your soul determines how you prevail in life. I always wonder why... Are Christians sometimes some of the most defeated people in the world? It's because you gave the preacher your hand, you gave Jesus your heart, and you put your soul in the back of the car. It has to be renewed. Come on, say amen to that. Now go to Galatians chapter number five. Hallelujah. It's good stuff, man. And let me tell you this, I'm, I'm, even as I teach you, I'm, I always got soul projects going on. Because there's pockets in my soul that I'll run, I, I, I'll, I'll run up against and realize, oh, oh, this ain't been renewed. Something, something will happen to you, somebody will squeeze you, and depending on what comes out, tells the condition of your soul. 
because you don't squeeze a ketchup bottle and mustard comes out. If life squeezes you, whatever comes out, that's what's in you. Come on, say amen. But the word is what can help you. That's why it is important and it does matter where you go to church. You got to go to a place that God has set you, number one, where the word is going forward. Not so you can put on the ugly face and say, ooh, he show his preaching. No, so I can understand it, so I can get it, I can apply it and see victory in my life. Come on, somebody say in every area. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust. Write in your Bibles, if you didn't last week, appetite. It doesn't, it's not talking about sexual lust here. The appetite. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the appetite of the flesh. Write in there, your Bible's unrenewed soul. Ye shall not fulfill the appetites, the desires, the cravings of your unrenewed soul. How many of you are born again? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand if you're born again. You're saved. You love Jesus. But how many of you put your hands down? Since you've been saved and you know you're saved and you know you love God, sometimes you desire things you shouldn't be desiring. Yeah, yeah, put your hands down. Ask your neighbor, say, why you didn't put your hand up? Ask your neighbor, say, why you didn't... Tell them, quit playing. Tell them, quit playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 don't, I, don't care what, I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's something on television. I don't care if it's whatever it is. You desire things you should not be desiring. Those, those are indications that you got to do some work on your soul. You can, you, can, you can aim the word in that direction and shoot and let the word do the work. Come on, say Amen. Now, 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 where was that? Verse 18. No, 17. For the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Sounds like a fight. And these are contrary. What does contrary mean? Come on, talk back. You can talk back in here. What does it mean? Opposite? Huh? Oppose? Talk. Tell your neighbor, say, if you don't wake up, the man just started talking. Tell him, say, wake up. Oppose, opposite, different, at odds, uh-huh, all of those. The one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would, that you want to do. So that you can't do what you want to do. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the unrenewed soul, look at this, read it, read the Bible how you need to read it. The works of the unrenewed soul manifest like this. This is how you know your soul is not renewed. Because the works of the unrenewed soul manifest like this. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, strife, discord. Look, look, look. Jealousy, envy, wrath, seditions, division. Heresies, envyings, hatings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, righteous living, and such like. If any of these things is showing up in the life of a born again believer, you need to put some attention towards your soul. Not, the answer is not, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. I'm under construction, I'm going through. Who, who, who is me to judge? No, 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 no. These are called in Galatians 5, 
the works of the manifested unrenewed soul. Say amen to that. It is says, which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You won't live that John 10, 10 life here on earth. You'll be saved, but never fulfilled, never enjoying, never, never really, really experiencing the joy of the Lord. If you got to keep going back to the cross, telling God to restore the joy of your salvation every Sunday, something is wrong. Look, 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 verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit, this is how you know when your, 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 your mind is now, your soul is now being renewed, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Look, look, gentleness, goodness. Notice ain't no car in here, ain't no house in here, ain't no dishwasher in here. If we can get this stuff out of this, will come the material things. Because I, I, I said all the time, but it is so true. It makes no sense to believe God for a big old house and y'all don't get along in the little one. I'm believing God for me, a brand new car. But you keep ramming the old one in the garage, arguing with your wife. You don't need no new one. Meekness, submissiveness, temperance, self-control. Against there is such law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the actions of or the affections and lusts, the desires, the appetites. And if we live in the spirit, verse 25, let us also walk in the spirit. You have been crucified. That's why I told you last week even, and I got some kickback on that, but I knew I would. I told you, you don't have a life. Once you got saved, you don't have a life. You Go, go, to, go to Galatians 2. Because I'm going to make the devil real mad today because he didn't like when I said that last week. But that is a problem with believers. You don't have a life once you got saved. If you wanted to do what you wanted to do, you shouldn't have got saved. Yeah, yeah. Go, go to Galatians 2 and look at verse number 20. <laughs> is it on the screen? For I am crucified with Christ. Look. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. What does yet not I mean? And I mean, but Christ liveth in me. Look at this next line. And the life which I now live. What does that imply? That there was another life I lived before. That life is gone. There's a new life now in Christ Jesus. Say amen to that. And the life, so it, when I say you don't have a life, that don't mean you just sit around and come to church and blow smoke and light candles and, and pray in tongues. Ain't, ain't, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the life you get to live now is the life he's ordained for you. Jeremiah 29, all, he, he, says, he says your steps are ordered. You get to live that life, which means now I don't get to do anything without first checking with him. Y'all, y'all quiet up in here, up in here but it's okay tell your neighbor say it's okay because one of, the, one of the most dangerous things a believer can do is try to do their own thing that, that's, that's dangerous people have got I've tried that and I've messed up over and over and over again how many of y'all messed up over and over and over again trying to do things your own way but put your hand down but you were so sure You had confirmed with flesh and blood. You had heard from God. You just knew that this was it. 
You knew he was it and she was it and this job was it and this relocation. You knew all of that was it and then nothing happened. I want to be in the perfect will of God. And your soul, when it's not renewed, write this down, will prevent you from even hearing God clearly. It'll have you impatient. It'll have you making moves that God didn't tell you to move. Because we are good at doing things and stamping God on it. You ever had somebody do some of the wildest stuff and say, yeah, God told me to do that. Here's what I said, that's cool, we'll wait for the fruit. Because if God told you to do something, there shall be fruit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, now, now go to, <laughs> what do I want to go? Because I got so much and I'm, I'm trying to stay in line here. Go to, go to Romans chapter 7. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 7. When you're there, say, I'm there. So I told you, you're, you're the reflection of God. You're the, you, you, you reflect the nature of God in your born again spirit. And here's the part I got you, need you to understand. Romans 7 and verse 22. It says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. What does that mean? Look at it in the Amplified. It'll tell you a little bit better. Romans 7, 22 in the Amplified says, for I endorse, approve, and delight, which means I take pleasure in the law of God in my inmost self with my new nature. So my new born again spirit loves to obey God. Listen to me very carefully. Because we got to deal with this whole thing of I want to do right, but I can't. I love God, but. I go to church, but. Because sometimes you get to a place where what you're doing, you don't even want to do. But you're doing it out of soul habit. Now, I know I've said this before, but I need you to understand this message. Because if we can get this message, it'll reduce some of the counseling. Because part of it, I, I believe, we have been trying to counsel out and we're called to cast out. Because, they're, they're, it, it, you know, all that depression and all that gunk that you don't want, it lives in your soul. Not your born again spirit, in your soul. And so I can't talk you through soul deliverance. At some point, we got to get down to the get down. Say amen to that. Look at the NASB of 722. It says, for I joyfully concur, which means I agree with the law of God in my inner man. Which proves Matthew in 6, 26 and 41 when he says, my spirit is willing. If my spirit is willing, why is my flesh weak? And here's what I was told coming up. As long as you're in this body, your flesh going to be weak and you always going to have to sin and you always going to fall short and you always gonna have a problem until you get to heaven. That is not true. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. And how can he keep us from falling? By training us up in his word. And I've learned that church folk don't like the word. We, we, you know, we, 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 it's like children. They don't want the dinner. They want, to get, they want the dessert. We like the dessert. We like the nuts and the sprinkles and the caramel. And all, but we don't want the meal. And all the dessert does is keep you running. 
Okay, you'll get that one. And so, so the spirit is indeed willing, but it's the flesh that's weak. Your spirit wants to love and, 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 and submit to your spouse. It does. Your spirit wants to honor your pastors and your leaders. Your spirit wants to love one another. Your spirit wants to submit to one another. Your spirit don't want to drink and smoke and harm your body. Come on here. Your spirit, if you're not married, wants to wait until you're married to have sex. And the church said, your spirit wants to go to church, wants to serve, want to give. But your flesh, it's a whole nother story. You ever got yourself up and says, I'm going to get home tonight and I'm going to get me a little dinner and I'm going to go upstairs by day 30. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get in this Bible, read some scripture, do a little devotion time. And you, you did the dinner piece. It was fine. You did the wash piece. It was fine. You dried them two shirts. It was fine. You got right in your room and opened the Bible up and you said. tell folk if you're struggling with sleeping get the bible out <laughs> see if you struggle with your devotion well, I'm not a morning person not a night person if you struggle with your devotion time do it at night because the day starts at night anyway when the sun goes down you've been headed backwards for a long time starts at night when the sun goes down so do your devotion time then why are you looking at me like that? Is something on my face? <laughs> but your spirit is willing. You, you, you get up and say, man, I'm going to church today. And you pull out your phone and start going through Facebook and say, oh, it's already 9.30. I just go next week. Your neighbor cutting up your spirit says, hey, just bless them, love on them. No, they ain't. No, I ain't either. Your flesh always wants to go against. I told you last week, it will always send you off. Why go to John 6? Go to John 6. You want to pray, your flesh want to sleep. You want to read, your flesh want to watch TV. You want to fast, your flesh want to eat. You want to love, your flesh want to cuss them out. Want to get married, your flesh said, just shack. Want to be honest and integral, your flesh want to lie and cheat. You want to show somebody grace and mercy, your flesh said, no, get them. And you got to make some decisions. But if your soul has not been renewed and it's leading you, you're going to be in trouble. It's going to always send you off. John 6, 63 says, it is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. Um, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It is a spirit that quickeneth, but the flesh profits what? Say it loud. Nothing. Romans 7 and 18 says, for in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Romans 8 and 6 through 8, the 8 verse says, so then they that are in the flesh, they can't even please God. Man. Go to Romans chapter 7. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 7. Are y'all still with me? Yes. Now, I'm not going to fool with you, fly. I'm not going to fool with this fly. <laughs> if y'all know me, I don't like no fly. I'll tear up a whole window seal, blinds, food. I don't want no flies now. It's a fly in the house. I'll tear up everything and then try and get that one fly. And the kids sitting there laughing at me, Jason. I don't fool with no flies. Ooh, wee. 
We were sitting out in the yard yesterday. And the fly out there and the bee out there. We got a one in the house. They can't even sit in your backyard. Dog on flies. First, I left her out there. She, I said, yeah, ran you out of there too. Yeah, they ran me out of there too. Ain't gonna fool with no fly. What's this, Tracy? Is this Tracy here? Because she be having everything in her purse to keep them flies off of you. She, she got repellent and she got blessed oil. She got it all, man. Spices and herbs. Come on here. <laughs> Romans chapter 7. Come on, I got 17 minutes. Can y'all hang on me 17 minutes? In verse number 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good um, that I would do not, but the, read this in the New Living Translation. <laughs> this King James, man. Go to the New Living. This. Talk to us, Paul, from New Living. Come on here. This. Man, that thing get your tongue tied. Do not. I want to do. See, ain't this better? I want to do what is good. But I don't. Is that not plain? Come on here. That's better than wherefore thou not do it. Good it, I not it. And that's what some of y'all, 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 get you a translation you can understand. Because that'll for sure put you to sleep. To my son, for thou to it, not it, Paul it, and Jesus it. For where I thou, Romeo. No, that's too much. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Come on, talk to me, Paul. Can anybody attest to that in here? Because I th- I want to do right. My remember, my spirit seven twenty two says I joyfully concur. I want to follow God with all my heart. Verse twenty. Come on here. Come on. Come on. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Meaning my unrenewed soul. Look, verse twenty one. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse twenty two. But I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. And how do I deal with that? You can't sing it out. You can't dance it out. You can't run it out. And you can't counsel it out. Come on, let's y'all ready to work? Well, go over with me to James. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, your unrenewed soul is 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 your impulses, if you can write this down, desires, appetites, thoughts, ideas that are all out of harmony with the word of God. Anything in your life that's not consistent with the word, not governed by the word, is part of your unrenewed soul. Anything that doesn't produce the fruits of the spirit, I read in Galatians 5, is works of your unrenewed soul. Whenever you attempt to reason out bad behavior and see how far you can go, that's a problem with your unrenewed soul. 
You ever talk with believers and you know you're wrong, you know they're wrong, and they're trying to, they're trying to filibuster you through why they're not wrong? You know that's wrong. You cussed the woman out and slapped her. You know you're wrong. We ain't got to give you no scripture for that. You're wrong. But your flesh, your unrenewed soul, listen, always wants to justify being out of the will of God. Your unrenewed soul always looks for loopholes. Loopholes. But the Bible didn't say we can't drink. See, what the Bible has said was, oh, oh now you're going to study, huh? You won't study now another time, but not because you want you some cognac, you're going to study the word. The, your unrenewed soul always wants to see how far it can go. Look, 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 look. And it always blinds you to your own flesh. <laughs> if you don't get it under control, it will be a part of your destruction. Because its aim, write this down. The aim of your unrenewed soul, the aim of your flesh is always to kill, steal, and destroy. It'll keep you impatient. It'll keep you bitter. It'll keep you offended. It'll keep you mad. It'll keep you angry. It'll keep you with all these different things that's not healthy for you. But the word of God is the only thing that has the ability, look, 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 to save your soul. James chapter 1, verse number 21. When you have it, say, I have it. The rest of y'all going to get it? Come on, say, I have it. When you get it, say, I have it. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That's some naughtiness there, boy, superfluity. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with submissiveness. Meaning the posture of you receiving the word should be to come under it. What does that mean? To let it rule you. Let it govern you. I'm going to do what it says to do. Because it has the ability, the engrafted word. Engrafted, write this down, means to incorporate in a firm or permanent way. It means to implant. It means to insert. It means to establish. So the word has the ability to implant in your soul so it can produce fruit in your soul that's not the fruit that you've been producing that's been keeping you cussing and lying and cheating and fornicating and acting a fool and acting outside of your born again character. It's the only thing. Look at it in the Amplified. You need the word, man. Because this word saves, save your soul, says save my soul. Says flood my soul. This word save in James 1 means to heal, deliver, restore to health. Say restore to health. Restore to health. Go back to 3 John 2. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in 
health even as thy soul prospers. And the word has the ability to restore you back to health in your soul because everything going to flow through there so you can prosper in life. This is why you can get a million dollars and still be broke on the inside. This is why if you've not dealt with those things in your unrenewed soul, you can get the man you want and run him off. You can get the woman you want and run her off. Because they're dealing with things they, they didn't know they signed up for. They're dealing with years and years and layers and layers. And when you walk on the aisle, they didn't see that. They saw makeup, hair, pretty dress, big booty. They saw that, but they didn't see depression and guilt and historic creation because y'all didn't talk about that. Y'all went to the show, come on here, and y'all had dinner and y'all rode the horses, but you didn't talk about that. Trey never said, that's married life, though. That's married life. And at some point, you got to be restored back to health. Not in your spirit. In your soul. Not in your spirit. In your soul. Because if you don't deal with it, it's going to travel with you. Offense will travel with you. Unforgiveness travels with you. Bitterness travels with you. Then it shows up in your limbs. It shows up in your lower back. It shows up in your body. And so we can dance and we can shout. We can even go see counselors. But if your counselor is not anointed of the Holy Ghost... And how to deal with deliverance, they can, they can identify what's wrong, but they can't get you free. And you wonder, I've been on this couch for six months talking to this man, and I ain't nothing happened. Look at the Amplified in James 1.21. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. The rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word. Which, look at this next word, implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. See, church is not teaching this. This is why in 85% of churches, we're only te- we, we, we have surface messages. And they're all about the struggle. And you coming out. And it ain't going to be like this always. And God's about to do it. And you can't sit here for no six years. Give me some answers, doc. Tell me something other than it's about to happen. God's about to do it. You've been saying that for three years. This show turning point. This show coming out day. Come on. There's a time for all of that. But I can't hear that as the substance of the message that I hear every Sunday. You got to teach me that where I am, I can get out of this place. And here is how. Or else you'll keep me hoping and the wishing. And throwing money on the platform and going home worse than you came. And I ain't here to play with you. I'm not here to play with you at all. I want all of us to be free in every area of our life. The devil has had you bound long enough. He has fooled you long enough. He said you sitting in the back uh, um, hiding out long enough. He said you quiet long enough and depressed and going through long enough. It is time now for you to win, but you win by the word of God because it is in your soul. Unforgiveness is in your soul. Bitterness is in your soul. Um, lack of esteem is in your soul. And I have dealt with it. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. I've been on both sides of the table and I had to come to a point where I couldn't keep coming up getting prayer. I got to get the word and implant it in my soul so it can produce new fruit. 
And if you don't, it'll show up in your face. You ever seen somebody and they're in the same church as you look like they aging? You said, what's wrong with you? What's, what's going on with her? What's going on with him? Because most of it is not, we just need to have a conversation. We need to have a casting out session because it's the demonic spirit is trying to take us over and keep us bound. Am I losing y'all? Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah. I have five minutes. I so appreciate the ministry of deliverance, the ministry that for the most part I was brought up on and then I was taught something different that it didn't take all of that. But I'm going to let you in on a secret. It takes all of that. This thing is real, Jack. And what you've been dealing with for the last 10 years, that ain't just, I just been going through. That's a demon sitting on your chest that don't want you to live the life God has called you to live. And even on Monday night, I saw deliverance take place even in our session with our leaders. Powerful time and and not deliverance as we think it should happen. But I want to get mine. Pastor said, I want to get mine. We want to be free. And we've experienced freedom. Even this week, we begin to just check some things and say, oh, this is different. That's different. Wait a minute. Oh my, even rest was different. Come on, said deliverance is my portion. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, there is no deliverance without the word. For the word of God, verse 12, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing. We just talked about implanting. Now we're talking about piercing. Even to the dividing line. You, you read this one time, Pastor Terrence, and you gave an analogy about this. Do you remember that? Yeah, the surgeon's scalpel. Get him a microphone. This kind of church we is. Let's all help one another. Get him a mic. Come on, is there a mic? Tell us what. Come on up and tell us what you said before. You that was that was a couple of years ago. You said that, but that jumped in my spirit when I was going over this. You remember? I hate to put you on the spot, but come on. <laughs> tell them what you what you was sharing with them. Okay. From, let's let's read it again. Ephesians, uh, Hebrews four and twelve. What translation did you want? Uh, can we pull it in the message? In the message Bible. Upper room. Come on, let's teach this thing, man. Okay. Don't y'all like this church? We just. Okay. What they doing? This Sunday morning service. And we can look at it a couple, but here in, in, in the message Bible said, God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no more is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. And so the analogy was as if we're being prepared for surgery, um, you know, there's an anesthesia that takes place and the surgeon has to prepare you um, to be able to go in and cut out. And so his word is so sharp and so precise as a surgeon's scalpel. They have to be precise in the work that they do. They need to be able to know what they're doing. And it separates the things from your soul that needs not be a part of you. So, so when we receive the word of God, it will literally separate the garbage out of our lives. It will separate the things from our soul that does not have the power to, uh, so that it no longer has the power to um, take over our lives. That's right. It, it separates, because even in King James, it says, um, 
It says uh, soul and spirit for those who think it's the same thing. It, it divides, it separates. And, and here's the thing about the word. It's not just going to come up on you. You, 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 you have to on purpose receive the word. You, and you sitting here hearing it is not even receiving it. You got to go home and abide in it and receive that thing in your spirit. And it becomes alive on the inside of you and begins to do the work that he's talking about that happens in a surgery room. And until you do that, you'll see these same things playing out. And so when we talk about, thank you, Pastor Terrence. When we talk about, um, give him a hand. Come on. When we, when we talk about. Um, winning in every area of life. Listen, saints, nothing in the kingdom just happens. Write that down. Because I believe we think we just, as long as we hear and, and church was good, we could have put a couple of good Facebook posts up or tweets about service, then soon and very soon, something just going to happen. Nothing in the kingdom just happens. Everything in the kingdom is based on seed and harvest, seed, time and harvest. So even if nothing happens, something has happened. So if you do nothing, when harvest time comes, you get nothing. It's as simple as that. that that's bad. God loves all of us. He sure does. He sure does. God loves the farmer, but he can't get mad with God because he didn't plant the corn, but went out of the harvest time looking for some corn. He didn't plant it. And you got it. It says, it says the word that's implanted has the ability to save your souls. Look, listen at this. The word embraced upon with a submissive heart produces discernment in you. Because this is for people who said, well, I don't even know what's wrong. The word, once you come under it, and embrace it with a submissive heart. It produces discernment in you. Discernment is this. It's the ability to distinguish God's thoughts and ways from all others. Write that down. It's the ability to distinguish God's thoughts and ways from all others. And each time you come under the word, your discernment sharpens. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little further with this. I'm going to go a little further. Once your discernment sharpens, the word then begins to silence the desires and thoughts and intents that's against the word. It begins to wipe that out. like It begins to separate it, as he said. But you got to do some work. You can't just come and sit. That's religion. You come, you sit, you punch your church card and say, I went to church. No, that's not what we do. We're coming together to be the people that God has called us to be and get all of the crap out of our lives that's not supposed to be there. So this discernment, because this is how we are discerning all the time. You know, the Lord showed me something about you, Mr. Kelly. I, I discerned something. About, no, 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 no. I'm so tired of these, these witchy nuts out in the marketplace messing with the prophets lying and stuff. Get, get somewhere. Can't even go to the all these people harassing you. And get, would you leave me alone? Not an outside discernment, but an internal discernment. 
which, which shows you whether your life is governed, controlled, and prompted by the word. Not an outside discernment, but an internal. Now, I told you before, I believe in God's prophets. I've had several things confirmed by way of prophets, God's prophets. But some of this stuff running around out here, I don't know what is going on. You need to go sit down somewhere. Begin wild and spooky. Who, whose authority are you under? What church you go to? Leave me alone. But this word, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back to Hebrews. Read it one last time because I'm out of time. This word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing line or sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner, look, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Not just somebody else's heart, but your own. Because the Bible talks about in some place, help me, well, you don't even know what's in your heart sometimes. You don't, you don't even know what's in there until, it, until life squeezes you and it comes out. But once you get in that word and get under the, under the light of the word, it'll expose everything in your heart so, so the word can deal with it. And everything from anger to how you snap back at your wife, to how you talk to your children, to how you can get along at work, to whatever it is, the pain in your body, this soul can be renewed and get you to a place of victory in your life. 1 Thessalonians 2. You got it? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're on an iPad or something, put your bookmark there. If you've got a real Bible, put your phone bill in there. We'll pick it up next Sunday in Jesus' name. Did y'all get something from the word today? That's all I got. Give God praise for the word. I said give God praise for the word. Give God praise for the word. Because it can save our souls.